Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A child that was conceived one month... almost as bad as YMCA. No, YMCA caught me off guard and that's why it was funny. Flaming penises is funny because it's funny. Hey, Allie girl. Hey, Celestial. I'll take it. I'll take it. I will go by Celestial. I mean, okay. Can I tell you that when I was in high school, I refused to sign my name on papers unless it said Celestial because my name hadn't been legally changed yet. So I didn't want to ever go by my previous last name. So I just adopted the name Celestial and I got downgraded on like a couple classes for it. And then my teachers just stopped giving a fuck, which I always thought was really stupid. Hang on. So you changed your first name because you didn't like your last name? Yeah, I changed it so that I wasn't just Celeste. Like, there could have been other Celestes in the class. I don't know if there were or weren't, but I did. I I gave myself, like, a superstar name, like Prince, so that people only would call me by one name. (laughs) Yeah, you and I probably wouldn't have talked in high school. Not just because you would have been allergic to me, but... I would have been allergic to you if that is also real. You would have been allergic to me and me signing my name as Celestial. Okay, and then also, get this. I would dot the I with a star and drag the star over to cross the T, and it was, like, really fucking dope. It was a really great signature. It's like my signature now, but obviously different words. Okay, I would not have been allergic to you, but I don't think we would have been even remotely similar social circles. (laughs) Remember how I was a preppy bitchy mean girl? And I was a semi-goth diplomat. Semi-goth diplomat? (laughs) I love you. I love you. I love you. Any hoot? Oh, yeah. Hey, let's talk about what we are. Uh, female. Hi. Yes, hello. Human, maybe. That one's to be determined. I haven't, I haven't really concluded. There's insufficient evidence that I am a human. But yes, that's what we are. That's what I am. What, what are we? Aside from being female and human, we're also Taboos, a podcast that discusses taboo culture. Welcome if you're new. We never do that. We're learning. We're trying. We're trying to figure it out. Not only do we discuss taboo culture, uh, also we drink and we swear a lot. So if those things sound like a good old time for you, welcome. We are so excited that you're here. Speaking of drinking, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I have another Badger State Brewing Company beverage, and this one is called Golden Days, 
I'm going to show you, but Daze is D-A-Z-E, and it's got a little golden lab on it, or a, what the fuck is this dog? Golden Retriever. Oh, can you move it? Oh, thank you. Oh, he's so cute. And he's got his own little can. It's a juicy pale ale. It's described as a dry hopped pale ale. Um, The keynotes are juicy, tropical, smooth, and citrusy. And the slogan is, life is golden. And it's actually super fucking good. You would be all about this. It's really, really good. Is it good? No. It's really good. Okay, I was just curious because I didn't get it on the third good. I just needed you to really understand the spectrum here. What are you drinking, my darling? I am drinking a beer from Third Space Brewing Company, which is located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Shout out to Milwaukee. And it's called Light It Up. (gasps) Let me see. Cute. Light it up. I love it. The can is really pretty. So it is a light and crisp lager. It is a light and crisp lager. Notice how I just breeze past that. Yes, I do. With a slight sweetness and mild fruity notes. Fruity notes? Sign me up. Their little blurb, I guess you could say, is... You have your home, you have your work, but everyone needs a third space. We brew quality, handcrafted beer for you to enjoy in yours. Aw, that's really cute. Big shout out to third space. That's adorable. I love that. I really do. That's not necessarily clever marketing. It is, but that's not the intention of it for me. That's just really wholesome shit. I love that. Agreed. I'm still trying to find my goddamn Purple Haze by Abita Brewing Company. Abita! See how I put Ariba and Abita together that time so I wasn't entirely wrong? No, but okay. <laughs> Can you tell me about your day today? How was your day today? We have not spoken really a whole lot today. We did have that one meeting, but other than that, how was your day? It was a day. Nothing outside the norm. How about you? <laughs> My day was entirely outside the norm. <laughs> um... My day was really great, though, even though entirely outside the norm. It's unrelated to this episode, but may I share what events transpired today? Because I feel like they're notable. Of course. Okay. So I had to bring Static into the vet for some shots in order to get him just finished up with what he needs to be an apartment cat, townhouse cat, where I live cat. I don't fucking know. And I grab static and uh i get in the car and i buckle up i turn around i recognize i actually that's a lie i didn't turn around but i recognize that there's enough light in the garage that my brain says the garage door is open i throw the car in reverse i start backing up and i suddenly notice that my landlord is standing literally right in front of my fucking garage door i like why he was so close i don't understand he's fine i'm fine everything's fine but i stopped the moment i saw him and the moment i saw him is also the same exact moment that i fucked up my garage door (laughs) it is so bad i thought i killed my landlord so that was terrible I got out of the car and I'm screaming, are you okay? Are you okay? And he's screaming at me, are you okay? Are you okay? And we're just checking on each other and everything's fine, except my garage door. 
Uh, and then we had a good laugh about it for a really long time because it's super embarrassing but hilarious. Um, and then he called an emergency door replacement people for a quote and also to shut my garage door. We got my car out. We had to finagle some shit. He, like, held it open while I backed out. And this is not a, a traditional, like, oops, I backed into the garage door like we we are very known to do in my family. That's, this is, like, a genetic thing or some shit. This is, like, full-blown, every single panel is fucked sideways. I fucked this door up. And... The the cute little guy who came to replace my door, he's like looking at it and he I can just see on his face that he's just like, whoa. And I jokingly was like, impressive, right? And he turned around and looked me dead in the face and started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> he was like, I've been in this profession for five years and I have never seen anybody fuck their shit up this bad. It was just laughable the whole thing is laughable nobody got hurt everything is fine it's like 800 bucks out of my pocket which sucks super fucking bad but i recognize these are the consequences to my actions and really i'm just glad nobody got hurt and i i really genuinely think it's fucking hilarious like i feel like such a fucking idiot and it's funny like this whole thing is funny <laughs> it's not funny but it's so funny i really have no words i know I know. And I told Holly, I, I was like, uh, I just did a thing. I literally got off the phone with her and I ran out to my car and this happened. So I come back and I get on my laptop and I'm like, uh, so I did a thing and I sent her pictures of the door and she goes, how is static? Has anybody asked about static? And I was like, you, <laughs> you would. Yes, static is also fine. He probably pooped his fur, but he's intact. I... I Still speechless over here. No words. Sorry. Nothing good to add to this conversation. Even a giggle? You couldn't even give me a giggle? I don't laugh out loud. Okay, just like audibly say the word giggle. The listeners will not know the difference. I think they understand. <laughs> that was Allie's giggle. Insert right there. What are we talking about today? Other than garage door accidents. I recognize today I killed Garage Doors and Garage Band because I edited our asexual episode, like, 90% of it within the past two days, and I'm super fucking excited about it. So I am the slayer of Garage Band and Garage Doors. Congratulations on that title. Thank you. I'm very proud of it. So we're not doing any sort of theme for Women's History Month, but I thought we could kick it off with something specifically related to those of female persuasion menstrual cycles menstrual cycles okay but i hate i hate those words i hate everything about those words can we tell our listeners what we call it sure we call it shark week <laughs> <laughs> <Your face. sighs> there's actually a ton of different names for it but yeah shark week is probably the best and that's what we use and that's what I have I have insisted everyone I talk to about periods uses because it's real. Also because there's this theory that a shark's brain looks similar to the women's reproductive system, including the ovaries and fallopian tubes and all the things. So when it's shark week, it's shark week for that reason. I have never heard of that before. Real. Hmm. Could you imagine if your brain looked like a uterus? 
I said, could you imagine if your brain looked like a uterus? <laughs> I heard you. I'm not joining you on that journey. Oh. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's carry on. I'm not joining you in it. So I wanted to start out this episode with a call to action for the men that are tuning in. I know our male listeners are very open-minded, so this isn't really a true concern of mine, but I just wanted to say, even though we're discussing periods, one, I guess I'll give you a disclaimer, we're not going into the biology of it, we're truly discussing the taboo of it, but I highly urge you to stick around and listen, especially if you are a father of a little girl, or a girl, just a father of a girl. This is a very important topic that needs to be destigmatized. Yes, I love all of that, okay? That call to action is huge, but also, like, hello, you have girlfriends, you have wives. These women in your life experience these things also. Your sisters, your your mothers, like, that's a really weird thing to think about, but it doesn't matter. The women in your life experience this, so you should know about it, and also you should be there for them through it even if that means grabbing a box of tampons on your way home like that's a really cool thing so i agree listening to this for from the male perspective is really important yep 100 percent. as usual we'll start out this conversation by diving into a little bit of the history of the taboo behind periods and just to give you a warning the word menstruation and menstrual and all that comes up like 30 billion times so i'm not substituting that with shark week Everybody just know that when you hear menstrual cycle, Allie is really saying shark week. <laughs> so this first part, actually a lot of the uh, information is from flow.health, yourperiodcall.com. Your period <laughs> And gregjenner.com. That is not as good as yourperiodcall.com. Greg Jenner only took gregjenner.com because yourperiodcall.com was taken. So the idea of menstruation being considered unclean can be traced back to many ancient cultures. In some ancient societies, menstruating women were thought to emanate a dangerous supernatural power because of it. Some men believed that it led women to be able to control the cycles of the moon, the seasons, the tide, the darkness of night, and that they had a negative effect on organic materials. Thus, the taboo around it was born. Half of those things might be true. <laughs> Listen, if it gave me the ability to control half of that shit, I'm all for it. I'm just saying, women have a lot of power that people really underestimate. Maybe there is some validity to those theories. Can you imagine being on your period and then like walking into a room and being like, I am bleeding, now it is night. <laughs> the moon shall rise as my ovary walls are shedding. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of, that sort of entrance to the arm raise and everything. The arm raise and the big cape, yes. Girl, I am here for it! I'm going to butcher all of these uh, names, so I apologize to these different tribes and people. All the people. So this is uh, essentially the taboo in other cultures and like more ancient cultures. The Mayenga tribe of Papua New Guinea thought that if men touched period blood, they could suffer from any of the following ailments. Sickness, stupidity, becoming darker skinned, and death. <laughs> I just really... That was very humorous to me. <laughs> period 
blood makes men stupid. <laughs> That's not wrong. Does that give women superpowers then? Like, because if they were immune to it, does that make them superheroes? I feel like yes, which is, let's go back to my point and my cape and my ovary wall shedding with the moon. Like, yes, I really think that. I really feel like women are, you guys know I love men just as much as I love women, but I really do feel like women have some biological fucking superpower magic crazy shit happening. I really feel that way. I'm probably going to say this word wrong, but I think it's the Tinny. They are the indigenous people of the Yukon Territory in Canada, believed that a man would lose his manliness if he had contact with a menstruating woman. I don't think that one's as funny or as accurate or as anything. That one's weird to me. Like, even if he had contact with her, instantly unmanly. Poof! Your manlyhood is gone. Peace out, yo. No more chopping wood, aka typical manliness. (laughs) Ancient Egyptians would use it in their spell casting as they considered it to be sorcery. So they would actually mix it into their, like, tinctures. And, slight disclaimer for grossness, they would also drink it. Oh, um, so remember in our tattoos episode when ancient Egyptians did all kinds of weird things with women bodily fluids? That's what I think of. But then you made it worse. You made it worse with the drinking. And now I just really want to vomit because a Bloody Mary with eggs in it sounds like... Okay, please don't ruin that drink for me. (laughs) Okay, but that's what you described. Moving on from that visual. (laughs) Just like I picture a big ass Bloody Mary with like one hard boiled egg. (laughs) Moving on from that visual... (laughs) Okay, Uh, I'm here. I'm here. I work here. It's fine. The ancient Greeks. uh, My spell check changed it to the ancient geeks. Like every bad Tinder pickup anybody ever comes at me with where my response is, I'm Italian. It says geeks. (laughs) The ancient Greeks believed that when women got their first period, it was around 14. And if it was delayed at all, it would cause the blood to swell around her heart, causing erratic behavior violent swearing, and suicidal depression. Let's be clear, there is zero scientific evidence to support that any of those symptoms are legitimate with any sort of menstrual cycle. I understand that that's like a historic perspective, but I really think that people still think that that's legitimate. And this is us saying, it's not. Well, when you're about to get your period, your body causes you to release the hormones that acts like pregnancy, which does increase emotional reactions generally. So there's a tiny bit of truth to it because your hormones are increased I before your period. I see your sliver of truth, but I raise you. Women do not become more violent. Oh, this was violent swearing. So am I just always on my period or what? (laughs) (laughs) That's a question for the ages. (laughs) Real? Hippocrates would actually bleed a woman from her veins if she didn't get her period in time as there was no understanding of what was causing the bleeding. So they truly thought that if a girl hit 14 and didn't have her period, that dangerous things would occur to her because of not bleeding out. They thought essentially kind of like you were bleeding necessary blood and they would bleed you from your veins directly. I hate this. 
I hate this. How would they know how much blood to take? Did they bleed them out? Like, was this a was this like a murder thing? What the fuck? What the fuck? I don't like that one at all. No, they wouldn't bleed you out. They would bleed you just enough, per se, to make it feel right. I find this stuff crazy interesting, so I was super fascinated by it and honestly not at all freaked out by it because there wasn't any sort of medical, well, there was medical knowledge, but not like we not like we have now. I hear you and I do in that sense respect this, okay? I do, but fuck, I have a hard time just I do. I have a hard time putting myself there in that place being a 14-year-old girl. I just I don't know. I don't I really struggle with this one in the sense of appreciating the the fascination behind it, the fascinating aspects of it. Not because they're not fascinating, but because I'm super just like surprised, I think. I get what you're saying. The Greeks also believed that mixing wine with period blood was good fertilizer for the soil. That I could see. I know that I do know that the Greeks used a lot of different types of fertilizers in in their agriculture. So that one actually is not as surprising to me. But the mixing it with wine thing, that is interesting to me. Yeah. They probably did it to dilute it so that they could make sure that they had enough liquid to spread out to spread out throughout their pastures and shit. It could be that wine was revered by them too as like a sacrifice or a ser- like serving the gods. Yeah, that's true also. Yep. That's a really good point. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Pliny or Pliny, the elder from Rome, believed that coming into contact with menstrual blood would quote turn new wine sour Crops touched by it become barren, grafts die, seeds in gardens dry up, the fruit falls off the truss, steel edges blunt, and the gleam of ivory is dulled, bees die in their hive, even bronze and iron are at once seized by rust, and a horrible smell fills the air. To taste it drives dogs mad and infects their bites with an incurable poison. That guy has some serious mommy issues. What the fuck? I appreciate that period blood can blunt steel swords. I just, he's giving so much credit to women. I love and hate that, all of that. But also, you know what's actually really interesting to me as I think about this, especially because in the time frame that you're talking about, like bleeding, a woman bleeding and a woman losing her virginity were very closely tied, right? Like you knew at, at this age, in this time, I mean, you knew a girl was ready to, ready, quote unquote, to have sex if she started her period. That was like the mark of entering womanhood. And I don't know if you get into that or not, but I think it's really interesting that then there's this philosophy about how women bleeding is so terrible. And it also brings me back to the place of like Eve being of the original sin and how people differentiated women from men and just the negative stigmas around women as a whole this is super interesting to hear like this very natural thing that women just have happen was what marked them as like the duller of blades like what the fuck you just touched on a whole bunch of different points i had but i'm going to call out one specifically because (laughs) it was really just a single bullet point later on the fact that yeah in some societies having your first period meant that you were now ready to get married and have babies but also periods are like gross and evil 
We'll dive into that a little bit more later, but yeah, that's a good call out. And that's just a really weird contradiction. So I'm really looking forward to that part of the conversation, definitely. And I'm sorry that I sort of touched on all kinds of bullets for you. I didn't mean to. Why are you sorry? It's just foreshadowing. Dear listeners, please enjoy our foreshadowing. In in medieval... In medieval times, it was believed that if a penis touched period blood, it would burst into flames and that a child that was conceived... (laughs) I have not grown up enough for this conversation! (laughs) I lost it because I saw you choke on your beer. I just... Your penis won't burst into... I'm really fine. I'm really okay. Moving on from flaming penises. <laughs> okay. Carry on. Also in medieval times, it was believed that a child that was conceived by menstruating would be deformed or possessed by fair. the devil. Don't take that out on that baby. So my next section, I literally labeled fucking religion. <laughs> here, here. Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, and Hinduism all have negative portrayals of menstruation. Why am I not surprised by any of that? Yeah. You would think I would have ordered this next section according to how I just listed those, but I didn't, so here we go. (laughs) On the Islam side, in the Quran, it states that it is a harmful thing for a husband to have sexual intercourse with his wife while she is having her menses. You shall avoid sexual intercourse with the woman during menstruation. Do not approach them until they are rid of it. There's some good philosophy there and some bad philosophy there. Here's your tie back to the original sin. Catholic doctrine believes that period cramps are a reminder and punishment for Eve tempting Adam with the original sin. Cue big, huge, fucking dramatic eye roll. Fuck off to all of that shit. Fuck that. I don't get cramps. I've never gotten cramps. My body is broken. There's something actually wrong with my spine, but they're real. Women who experience cramps, they're fucking crippling. They're terrible. They can be. So if that's the price that women as a species have to pay, like, fuck that. That's stupid. Agreed on all fronts. The Bible mentions a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years that was excluded from the social and religious aspects of society due to this. Why? But why? Like, what would the purpose of that be? And I know you don't have the answer, I. but that's dear listeners, this is me saying, why? Like, that's fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid. The Jewish Talmud speaks on Neda, or the time of a woman's period, and essentially states that women need to be avoided during that time and anything they touch becomes unclean. I don't understand this concept of your period making you unclean. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't understand. Like, warriors would come home from war covered in blood, and that wasn't unclean? Like, I just... Where is the logic there? The only thing we can link back to is the original taboos of it, of women being sorcerers, essentially, during their period. Like, I want that, though. Manifesting into new taboos. I want, I want the old taboos to be real. I want the old taboos. Those can stay. The new ones, though, the ones that we're talking about right now, those, they all just are annoying and piss me off. Except for the flaming penis one. That one was pretty great. Because if you think about it, sorcery and all of that is evil in the Bible. So sorcerers are unclean. Women 
are sorcerers while they have their periods, therefore they're unclean. I'm making very large leaps here, but maybe. I think that that's legit, though. I really do. I mean, large leap or not, I do think that you're right, and that answers my question enough that we can move forward with the ideas and concepts in relation to this topic that I just disagree with. So I do appreciate you saying that so I could at least bring myself there. But dear everyone else, please hear me say that these philosophies are fucking stupid. I'm just going to keep saying it because that's those are the only words that I can use right now to really express to you how sincerely I disagree with these concepts as it relates to the woman's body. All of that. In certain branches of Japanese Buddhism, women who are menstruating are not allowed to attend temple. What? Where are they supposed to worship? What? It's only in certain branches of Buddhism. So it's Buddhism as a whole, I believe, just accepts that periods are periods. They're part of nature and it's a natural thing that happens. So it is what it is. Okay. As far as Hinduism goes, in Nepal, a tradition called Chapaudi was banned in 2018, in which women were exiled to huts away from their communities until their period ended. Those huts, a lot of the times, were like cow houses. So not only is it super degrading, but also it posed a sanitary and safety issue, and women have died due to it because of smoke inhalation from fires, animal attacks, and dehydration. Even though it was outlawed, it's still being practiced. That one genuinely pisses me off. That one really sincerely, genuinely pisses me off. I, I I, have no other words for it. I'm literally struggling. I'm very fucking angry right now. So obviously a lot of that stuff is items that are still very true nowadays. One thing I wanted to point out here is women in underdeveloped countries often don't have access to period products and instead use things like cloth, rags, hay, ash, even leaves. Society... So, Social poverty within developed nations also cause a lack of access to these products as well. I'm actually going to put a link in our show notes to where you can donate to assist with getting girls the products they need to deal with their periods because nobody should have to be sticking leaves in their underwear to deal with this. I want to add a personal call to action, you guys, in hearing this because I personally have never heard of this before. Not only that third world countries and women in those countries suffer severely for this very normal thing, very natural thing, but also that we can help them. That's news to me, okay? So my call to action is for anybody who supports us, who is interested in supporting us, I ask you to maybe instead consider even one donation to a foundation that is able to help women and girls in those countries get what they need because I can't imagine putting leaves in my underwear so that I don't, I just, how degrading, yes, and not safe and not healthy and not clean and scary and just imagine if that was your daughter. Imagine if that was your girlfriend, how terrible you would feel Imagine if that was yourself. Like, that's my thing, you guys. Please go to our show notes and check out that link. And if you're able to donate, please do. I'll just call out the one that I specifically decided on. I looked at a few different ones and I really liked the mission statement of Freedom for Girls. They're located in the UK, but they assist basically everywhere. So that's the one I'll be linking. 
I love that. Thank you for finding that and for including that. I really appreciate that. I personally will be donating. Same here. So this next part is just kind of like the societal perspective of things. In my research, I realized period shaming is a universal phenomenon. It's not a Western culture thing. It's not a, It's not a anything. It's not centralized to any particular area. It's everywhere within our world. There's so much shame built around periods. This was this was actually one thought that I had because of that. There's so much shame built around periods that most women feel the need to hide it. For instance, hiding a tampon when walking to the bathroom in order to change it. I specifically noted that instance because I do it or did it when we worked in the office all the time. I would either make sure it was in my purse or I would slip it into a boot. Oh my God. Yes. The boot the boot is real or my pocket or honestly because I would wear dresses all the time when we were in the office I would wear like cardigans because that shit got cold like that dungeon we worked in was cold so I would slip Mm -hmm. it into my sleeve of my cardigan if it was summer and I wasn't wearing a cardigan I would slip it into the hair tie that was around my wrist and I would like cross my arms and keep my arms close to my body so that you wouldn't be able to see it I was the queen of hiding tampons when I walked around that fucking building yeah, so I was thinking about it because that obviously was a real instance for me that I just came like came to my mind. And all I could think was, why? Why did I ever care who saw that I was carrying a tampon? And yet, I- I'm asking myself the same question, but my answer for myself in my mind is everyone. And I think the research that you're talking about ha- proves that this fear to a degree, is valid for women, right? Like fear, stigma, side glance, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. But there is this like air of judgment to a degree around period products and women having their period. So although it sounds silly, right, for us to say that in this place and in this podcast, I mean, that does not invalidate our fear at that time or that women still experience this today in the environments that they're in. Yep. Many women actually feel that it's unacceptable to call out of work due to it. Which is insane because that shit can knock you on your ass. I remember in high school having such bad cramps that I was literally on the floor of the bathroom bawling. Again, I've never gotten cramps. There's something wrong in my L3 that I just, I don't get cramps. I don't feel contractions. My stomach does not react that way. But I had friends in high school and middle school who would get such bad cramps. That was exactly their experience. I remember one time I held my friend's hair while she threw up because her cramps were so fucking bad. And like, nobody believed her. Nobody, that's what it seemed like. Nobody believed her. And I'm like, she's vomiting. How can you not how can you not believe she's in this much pain? And to really think about the level of pain that a human being has to be in to throw up and that it's happening every single month, like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Most girls feel like they can't talk to their dads about their periods or that their relationship changes after they start menstruating. Can I tell you one time I had appendicitis? Yep, I almost died from it. And my biological father... I was throwing up for like nine and a half, ten hours. Every time I went and asked him to take me to the emergency room, his response was, are you sure you're not on your period? Are you pregnant? Are you sure you're not on your period? For hours. 
you guys, hours. Like, this is a testament of how shitty of a father he is. But also, that's real, okay? That is a real thing that girls experience. Maybe not to that degree, but having a bad day. Oh, are you on your period? You're crying about something? Oh, are you on your period? That's a really, really damaging thing that every negative experience a girl could ever go through is related to her period. Like, stop asking that question. Grow the fuck up. Yeah, and I think back on when I first got my period, is it something I would have discussed with my dad? Probably not. Would I be okay with it now? Absolutely. My dad and I have a very open relationship. And he doesn't squeam away from anything like that. But for a 12-year-old, no thank you. But why? Why can't we go to any parent? That's real. But why is the question? And I really recognize, especially in today's age, shout out to our single dads. Bro, you got to be ready for this. You have to make it a safe place for your daughters to come to you to have that conversation. Because if they're not coming to you, do you know who they're going to? Ask yourself that. Ask yourself who they're going to. Is it a teacher? Is it, it, like, who is it? And do you really want your daughters to feel like that's the only place they can turn to talk to somebody about this? That's ridiculous. You're her father. She loves you and she wants to know that she can come to you with this because she's scared. Be there for her. Don't make a joke about it. It's a real thing that she's experiencing and she will continue to experience. So don't make it awkward. Don't make it uncomfortable. Just be the dad. Like, really, seriously, this is a big deal. Yep, 100%. Moms, be the mom too. That wasn't just a plug for dads. It really wasn't. Moms, same thing. Be respectful. Teach your daughters well. I'm not saying that. I just don't have a concern with moms who are responsible for teaching their daughters these things because they know because guess what? They have a fucking vagina. I mean, to be fair, some moms probably a good portion of moms are uncomfortable with teaching their daughters about periods too so it's not safe to assume that any parent is going to cover the topic well but I think the main issue is girls should be able to go to whatever parent for help with this I agree with that I do I do and also this is just from my personal experience dear step parents you're not exempt from this This is not something that you get to tap out on, okay? If the daughter in your life comes to you and you recognize yourself as a step-parent, know how big of a deal that is. Whether you're the stepdad or the stepmom, it doesn't matter. That's a really valid thing, and I just need you to hear how important that is, and really what we're saying applies to you as well. Yep, exactly. Periods are also a major reason that girls miss school in developing countries. Along with intense social shaming, there is a lack to menstrual care products, private toilets, and clean water. Only 50% of Kenyan girls have access to pads. I almost just audibly let out a groan as my heart broke in my chest hearing. In Nepal and Afghanistan, 30% of girls skip school due to their periods, and in India, 20% drop out completely. Holy shit. Oh my god. Yeah. In India in 2017, a 12-year-old student committed suicide after her teacher allegedly shamed her in front of the entire class for a period stain on her uniform. Fuck off to that teacher or any teacher who thinks that that shit's appropriate. Yeah, like, please throw them off a building. We don't need that human in this world. Real. No. 
and they shouldn't be responsible for shaping the future of children. So this was kind of an interesting section that I thought of. Period shame as portrayed by the media slash advertising. Okay, let's hear it. This quote is from yourperiodcall.com directly. Still love this website. Research on period TV commercials found that advertisers portray periods in a negative light and as a problem, causing body odor, a feeling of unfreshness, sleeping problems, and embarrassing leaks. Basically, periods have been shown as a dirty monthly incident which causes us to feel anxious, guilty, and unconfident. These problems can, of course, be fixed by purchasing their products. Please, save us from ourselves. You know what, Allie? I legitimately have never recognized negative period marketing until this exact moment. What I have noticed is positive period marketing, but the reason that I recognized it as positive was because it was so vastly different from quote-unquote old period marketing. But now that you say that and you really like laid out all of those negative symptoms that come with periods sometimes but not always... You're right. That shit is really made to sound like once a month, we are vile fucking creatures. Yep, exactly. And I hadn't thought of it either until I started reading about periods in the media and thinking about those commercials. And it's always like, not always, but some woman on a beach in a white swimsuit in a potentially embarrassing quote unquote situation. And it's made to be like, You don't want this to happen in your life. Heaven forbid anybody know that your reproductive system is normal and functioning. Not only that, but also like, so one of my favorite tampon commercials, I honestly don't even know the brand. I can't tell you. I don't know. Shout out to this random fucking tampon agency. I, they're even a popular one and maybe you'll know if you hear it or maybe a listener will. I just don't know the brand. Okay. But something that was called out in one of these commercials is they're like, let's talk about the V word. And it's like all these women holding up the V uh, in sign language. And they're like, no, we mean the word vagina because we don't have to apologize for having vaginas. Can I tell you the first time that I saw that commercial, I legitimately said to myself, yeah, why do we call it the V word? Like, the word vagina is not a big deal. Why do we not use that? And as someone who does frequently use anatomically correct lingo, like, I don't have an issue with that. But the fact that this commercial legitimately called it out and was like, we're talking about periods, we're talking about vaginas, we're talking about healthy women, we're talking about empowering women. I was like, holy shit. I've never heard this before being presented to me on television. That's amazing. But I can tell you, I was 28 years old when that shit happened. And previous to that, I had never experienced a tampon commercial like that. That is a big deal. And that's really saying something about the society we live in. Agreed. Apparently that was for a birth control ring. It might have been, but still. (laughs) Same concept. Agreed. I love that you Googled it. The Google Air. Oh, I love you. I was like, that's really cool. Let's shut out this company because I've never seen this because I don't watch TV and they deserve credit. Uh, Okay, so that birth control is Anavera. Yeah, now that you say it, I recognize that they do the little like finger squishing like this with the ring. You're totally right. But it's still a reproductive product, okay? It's just on the opposite end of the spectrum for reproductive products. But 
It goes in the same place. It does the same fucking thing. It's for the same fucking purpose, just in a different way. So I still go back to, we need to be empowering women and their bodies and all of the functions that come with that because, let's be real, without a vagina, we wouldn't fucking be here. So let's be grateful for them. So speaking of reproductive items and birth control products... That brings me to a point that I had actually thought of while looking into the advertising stuff. Okay. Now, birth control products are being marketed not just for birth control, but for eliminating slash reducing periods. Yes, that is real. And I am on one of those birth controls. And let me tell you, as wonderful as it is sometimes, it's also a huge pain in the ass. And every time I go to the doctor and they're like, when was your last period? And I'm like, I don't know six years ago and they look at me like I'm broken. I don't know what to tell you. You gave me this product. It does two different things. Cool. But why do we have to control them is really the question. If it's really helping women and it's making things better and the women who get cramps and stuff, yes, control that shit. Put it on lock. I totally support you. But women who don't have that experience, who just have a very normal cycle, you shouldn't have to quote unquote control anything. What your body is doing is super normal. You shouldn't feel the need to conform to any societal pressures to eliminate your period if you don't have any symptoms that you prefer to avoid. Exactly. Again, if you don't want the symptoms, if you want to have sex all the fucking time and you don't want the cramps and you don't want to get pregnant, I love all of those things. Go get on the birth control that makes sure that you don't have those experiences. I support you. We support you. But do not think that you have to do that in order to avoid getting a period because it makes you gross. It doesn't make you gross. What's gross is people thinking that periods are fucking gross. Here, here. Three cheers for periods. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Ooh, I like it. You did it. Woohoo. So earlier in the week, I had put out a question to Twitter and Facebook as to if you have a child of like middle school or elementary school, whatever, an up age that could potentially have been in sex ed. Did it occur and when did it occur? And specifically, did they talk about menstruation? Because I was curious as to what people would say regarding it. And the responses we got were really positive insofar as it being talked about generally in fourth grade. But then ironically, I came across a Reddit thread that was about reproductive health and such. And what I determined reading a ungodly amount of comments on that thread was there is no set curriculum within schools for menstruation slash puberty it's all over the board which is really dangerous and really sad mm-hmm. sometimes it's thorough and other times it has a tendency to deep dive into just pregnancy and stds and not really cover what girls or boys actually go through once they hit puberty which is really sad to me And also, I just want to call out, I want to go back to you guys, really, seriously, hear me say this, dangerous. If you are shaming your children into being ashamed of things that their bodies naturally do, that's a fucking catastrophe. Do not shame your children into these things. Do not shame your daughters for getting periods. Do not shame your sons for getting wet dreams. They're going through a lot of changes in their bodies. Help them embrace that. Help teach them that this is normal. 
do not equate periods to pregnancy. Do not equate them to STDs. Those things are also important and should be talked about. But those conversations need to be separate because if you tell your daughter that her getting her period is going to result in her being pregnant, what the fuck is wrong with you? I, I literally like I'm asking that question because they're not the same thing and you're going to scare the fuck out of your kid. Exactly. Also, sometimes these classes, if there is one, aren't taking place until most of its female students are already going through it, which at that point is too late. Girls are generally getting their periods at a younger age nowadays, sometimes as early as 8 or 9, so the education needs to happen sooner. I also don't understand why this education is like a one-time thing. Like, your body is evolving. Shouldn't the education evolve with you? Mm Mm-hmm. Also, not actually discussing what happens during a period is a disservice to the boys as well, because it puts them in a disadvantage to understand what the opposite sex is going through. We just need to talk about it. We need to talk about everything that boys and girls go through. Why would you hobble the opposite sex as far as information? It makes no sense to me. I mean, I would argue that because from a society's perspective, all of the things that we said before are still a concept, that girls are dirty and gross and this is a whatever, a thing we aren't allowed to talk about. I agree with you. Eight billion percent. Okay. I'm just saying that's society's current position is that we can't talk about it because boys will be uncomfortable by it and girls will be uncomfortable by it. And I'm not even saying that boys and girls have to have this conversation in the same room, but I do agree with you. Boys should have all of this information the exact same way that girls do. Agreed, 100%. So this is kind of just some random things about it because then I have a little bit of a thought binge area. I love your thought binges. Most states make sales tax exemptions for necessities like groceries, food stamp purchases, and some medical supplies. Period products apparently aren't considered necessities in most states, aka the tampon tax. I am not going to say anything other than fuck all of this. Please continue, but really, you guys, fuck all of this. On average, a woman will menstruate for seven years of her lifetime. Oh my god, that's so much fucking time! (laughs) There are theories that your voice changes during your period due to hormones impacting your vocal cords. That's interesting. I have not ever heard that one. Yeah, I thought that was super cool. Especially as somebody that's very self-conscious of her voice. And yet, we get so many compliments on your voice. Dear listeners, please don't ever stop complimenting Allie's beautiful voice. It makes me so happy. And you guys don't even really realize what you're doing to her confidence issues with her voice. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Never stop doing that. I didn't realize that our podcast would be therapy for me. I'm here for it. You guys are amazing. Okay. I love this one. Ready. In 1983, NASA engineers asked astronaut Sally Ride if 100 tampons would be the right amount for the week of her period while in space. (laughs) Shut up. Her response was, No, that would not be the right number. (laughs) Oh my god. Wow. 100 tampons. Really? That's insane. Can you just imagine her face? I 100% just want to channel her energy because that is 100% a me response. You know it's that face 
like that's just deadpan yes it is 100% you a response like without question but like you know her expression was just very professional but also just like irritated and pissed and really offended but she's still remaining very professional and just completely deadpan like I picture the emoji that's just like the straight mouth and the two eyeballs yep (laughs) no it would not be enough so that was all I had for just research and general things on it, but I do have a few points to make. Lay them on me. So this is one thought that I had. There's the saying, oh, she must be on the rag. Period shaming is used to invalidate women. Heaven forbid we get angry. And to note this as well, this doesn't just happen from men. We've absorbed it into our thought process as well as women. We use it as a way to invalidate feelings. And one, okay, fuck that first off. Two, she must be on the rag. Like, how condescending. And I go back to, you guys, we all came from this place. We all, as human beings, were a result of this beautiful fucking thing that exists on our planet. A.K.A. a vagina. So... Whatever condescension you feel needs to be brought to the conversation when we're talking about a vagina, you need to go take a seat in the timeout corner and really sit with yourself and think about the fact that you fucking came from one. So don't be disrespectful to it. Don't. Do not. It's just not necessary. It's ridiculous. I personally think it's really fascinating that you used the example and that you said specifically that women do this to themselves also. I do do this to myself, not in an anger way, because that's just not that's just not how I get when I have my period, but in a food consumption way, like my cravings when I am on my period. I'm going to say this inaccurately, but it's true. My period creates cravings for me. And I tell myself It's okay to indulge in those cravings because I'm on my period. Although it is okay for me to indulge in those cravings and I should not be ashamed of that, I should not have to justify indulging in those cravings because it's my period. I should be able to justify indulging in those cravings because I accomplished a lot at work today or because I went to the gym today or because, 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 because of all of the wonderful things I does. Like, that is why I deserve that. (laughs) Allie's dying. (laughs) I suck it in my head, too. I know. I'm just saying, I deserve those good things for myself, regardless of being on my period or not. But I deprive myself of them until I have my period because I use that as an excuse to be good to myself. And that's just also really damaging. Like, it's not a punishment Being on your period is not a punishment. It shouldn't be treated that way by you as the person with the period or by anyone else in society because it is just something that happens. It's a normal part of life. It is a life cycle and it's necessary for your health and well-being and for our future as human beings. Thank you. I will step down from my soapbox now. That actually covered my next point because I wrote down, it's so weird that the process that creates something so revered, life, is so shamed in our society. Yes. It literally is the process that helps drive that. 
Yes. Yet we hide it away and it's shamed and dirty apparently. And how, I don't understand where the disconnect happens. Here's a period. Be gone, devil woman. Oh, but you gave me a baby because of it. What I really love about that and what I really want, what I want to do as a mother moving forward, like when Tiny gets her period, she's not old enough for it yet, but when she gets there, I want us to have little period parties. I'm being dead fucking serious about this. It it sounds silly and it, it will be silly because I want her to know that this is an experience that it's not fun. It's not fun. Okay. But that doesn't mean we can't make it fun. That doesn't mean that I can't get her her own little cupcakes and her own little heating pad. And we binge chick flicks and we have little period parties. Like, that is important to me because I never want her to be ashamed of something that her body does naturally. What I don't understand is people have parties for baby showers. Oh, you're pregnant? Let's have a party. Let's celebrate that. Amazing. I love that. But to exactly your point... Every single month leading up to this pregnancy, you made me feel like a piece of shit because I had a period. Guess what? I had sex and now I'm not having a period for the next nine months. Are we happy about that? It sure seems like it. Is it really that people are happy that women are having babies or is it that they're no longer having periods? At that point, that's my question. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I'm not saying people aren't thrilled to bring life into the world. I'm not invalidating anybody's pregnancy journey. What I am saying is there is not enough positive conversation around girls' and women's period journeys, and there should be. Exactly. And actually, on that note, one thing I was thinking, and this is kind of coming off of the comment, one of the comments on that Reddit thread, someone had discussed how there was a girl in her school in her school group that got her first period and had no idea what was occurring and was trying to put in her first tampon and was terrified. So her group of friends rallied around her to help her out, like giving her instructions and encouragement. One girl held up a mirror for her so she could see. What a good baby. Yeah. And the commenter said it was really empowering being able to be there for her in this moment. So Call to action to men, support your women and your daughters and your everybody. Call to action to women, support your other women. Like, if they have a period stain and they feel the need to hide it, give them a jacket or just be supportive. Don't don't make fun. I know this is for generally a younger crowd that that occurs, but adults point and talk too. It's not necessary. Let's just normalize this. It happens to almost everybody. It's totally fine. I agree completely. Even in an adult space, though, if you see a woman who's walking around with period stains, like through her jeans or whatever, tell her, but not in a shitty way. Like, help her. Be her ally in that moment because she needs you. Like, she might not know that that stain is there. There's this thing that I've seen on Facebook. This was a minute ago, like a hot minute, but still I saw this and this conversation brings me to that place. There was this dude who posted a picture of his smoking hot fucking girlfriend. Like, oh, she was so hot. Okay. But she was sleeping on her side and her back was to him and she, there was a period stain on the bed. 
And he was like, now I need to throw away the whole girl, the whole bed, the whole sheets, the whole house. Like, my life is fucking over. I have to start fresh because she bled on the sheets. Let's really acknowledge how fucking immature, okay? And although this is a very drastic example, I want everyone to recognize how drastic and how immature this example is and recognize that every single time period shaming takes place, it is just as bad as that extreme example. It doesn't matter that it's minuscule. What you're doing is incredibly damaging, not only to this girl in, or woman in your life that you care about, but women as a fucking species. It is disrespectful. It is wrong. And we go back to this is how you fucking got on this planet. So be a little bit compassionate. All of that. All of that. So I, the last point I had was that I feel like some items like period cups and period underwear are making it a bit more normalized and kind of bringing a level to the conversation because it's more involvement with the process. Period cups generally aren't more messy than tampons, but it gets people talking about it more, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. And honestly, I can I have nothing but appreciation and major kudos for you for teaching me what a period cup was. And let me tell you, dear listeners, I used one. It's my fucking favorite. It's the best thing I have ever invested in. It was like 50 bucks, which I was like, fuck, that's a lot. But do you know how many tampons I buy now? Maybe one box every six months. And it's just for like the extra protection on days where I like don't feel like putting a cup in, but also don't really need a full tampon regimen. Like it's just whatever. So I agree with you that these products coming onto the market have in fact normalized conversation around it to an extent, but there is still a lot of work that needs to be done. Agreed 100%. And one of the things that is currently out there or one of the movements I should say is free bleeding where you don't use any products, essentially, you just bleed. And I don't want that laundry in my life, so that's definitely not for me, but huge kudos to the women that are embracing that. There was actually a runner, I want to say it was the Boston Marathon, but that doesn't seem right, who was on her period and free bled down her legs while she was running to symbolize that we need to normalize periods and there are women out there that don't have access to normal period products so i actually want to i really appreciate you saying that and this might be tmi but i really feel like if i'm going to say it this is the this is the space because other people need to hear it right like sorry if this is tmi but i do that i free bleed i didn't know it was called something i really didn't i've never looked into the movement but especially since covid I have like my period underwear and when it's my period, like I don't want to sit all day in a cup or a tampon. Like if I'm going somewhere, that might be a little bit different, right? But really, seriously, if I'm in the comfort of my own home, why should I have a period product in? What is the purpose? And sincerely, for anybody who doesn't recognize this, the volume of blood that happens in a period, even on a really heavy flow, is nothing compared to what you imagine it is or to what society says it is. Yeah, exactly. It's something like a cup total, maybe half a cup. I don't know. 
Exactly. So even if you are free bleeding, like that's not one cup of blood at one time. That is one cup of blood throughout the course of a couple days. And again, that's even on a really heavy flow. So I'm not like sitting here on a blood stain on my fucking couch. Like that is not what I'm talking about. That's not even real. I don't even know if that could happen, to be perfectly honest with you. But really, free bleeding is so liberating to me. And I really appreciate knowing that there's a word for it because, again, it's just more comfortable and it's it's just, it's different. I've never been this way ever. I probably started like four or five months ago, really, not even throughout the duration of COVID, just a while ago. And I'm really happy with it. I use my cup when I go places, but otherwise, like, fuck that shit. Just let me bleed. Let me be. Let it bleed. Let it bleed. Let it bleed. Let it bleed. You had no idea that I was singing the Beatles, do you? No, I did. Let it be. Yes. Okay. I couldn't tell if that's what you were also singing. I wasn't, but I was. I started singing Frozen for some reason, but then when you corrected me and you were like, it's the Beatles, I was like, yeah, I totally know that, which is why I made this stupid face at you. (laughs) Yeah. I no longer get my period because I'm on birth control. A lot of it being because I had really irregular periods and having them for three weeks was not a life I was about, so... I got on something to normalize it, but if I had normal periods, I don't know what path I would go down. I could tell you I absolutely hate tampons since having moose, so not revisiting that life ever again. I personally highly recommend the cups. My favorite is the Diva Cup. I also have a Flexi. It's like a pink one that's supposed to be safe for sex. I can't figure out how to get it in to save my fucking life, so I don't know. I don't have a solid recommendation on that one. But I personally really, really am a fan of the Diva Cup. I have recommended it to a couple people and I haven't, and that's honestly just because of you. So again, thank you for that. But I haven't had anybody come back and tell me that the Diva Cup was a bad purchase. Like really, it has helped a lot. And I honestly think that the the Diva Cup is how I got to the place of being comfortable with free bleeding because... I think I recognized how little blood there was in my cup when I was in a menstrual cycle. And I was like, fuck it. If this is really how little I bleed, I am fine sacrificing a few pair of cheeky hipsters to get through a few days of this. Like, I don't need something. And that might just be my body that I'm not saying that is a rule for everyone, but I do recognize that the cup helped me get to that point where I'm just okay with it. I don't care. And I'm so much more comfortable. Oh my fucking God. I'm so much more. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Thank you. Everybody needs to do what works for them. Agreed. So that was all I had. Did you have any extra thoughts or did you want to tell me what you learned here today? I do have one extra thought. My extra thought is around the other physical symptoms that come with a period. And I think that those are also just as important to recognize. Those things can come in the form of either breast swelling or breast tenderness and or both. That fucking sucks. It can come with bloating and extreme stomach pains, not including cramping, which is a different category, but also fucking terrible. It can just cause a lot of physical reaction in a very short time frame. So really, when we are talking about this concept and this cycle that happens, 
please do not think that we are just talking about a cup of blood that comes from the vagina. This is a full body experience and it happens every month. It's a full body experience. It's like a mini pregnancy. That's really, your body is preparing to be pregnant. So imagine that. Imagine your 12-year-old's body preparing to be pregnant and how fucking scary that is. Her boobs hurt. Her stomach hurts. She's bleeding. Imagine how scary that is for her. Just really, I think that that's important to say too for all of the people who are out there who don't know how to approach their kids about this or who are ignorant to this concept or whatever. Like, it's okay to say you don't have all the answers, but also just be there. Just listen to your kids or your girlfriend or your wife tell you what she needs in that moment. If it's a a blanket and a snuggle and a movie, just do it. Just be there for her. That's really what she needs in that moment because everything else that's happening is inside of her body and out of her control. So don't punish her for it. Don't judge her for it. Be there for her. Exactly, 100%. Also, I can't explain the gratitude in a male partner being willing to go get the necessary products for a girl's period. I remember when Nick first had to run to get tampons for me because I was bleeding and I didn't want to leave the house. And I was so mind blown that he would because we don't live in an area where men go tampon shopping. I can tell you in my 28 years of life, I've never once had a man buy me tampons. I've never once, it's not even just tampons. I have never once had a man acknowledge that I'm on my period and how terrible that must be for me. Ever. Ever. I have lived with several men. I have been in relationships with several men. I have had a child with a man. So I know for a fact the men that I have been in my life know what's going on with my body, especially because, hello, my name is Celeste and I don't really sugarcoat anything. If you don't know that, that's probably because this is your first episode, so welcome. But now you know. So the men in my life have always known that this was a thing, but no man ever in my life has stepped up and even offered to help me in that experience. And that's not a poor Celeste moment. I'm just offering the reality of the spectrum because you have a Nick. Not even a Nick. You have the Nick. You have the Nick. I am name racist against Nicks. I know like 29 of them and there's only one of them that I like and it's Allie's husband who is also my best friend. So you have the Nick and that's an amazing thing and he should be a pinnacle on the spectrum. But I'm also offering to anybody who does not have the Nick that this happens to women and they get the short stick every time. Their partners think that they're gross for a week. They don't want to have sex for a week. They don't want to engage in foreplay for a week. Like, sure, you'll let me suck your dick, but you won't kiss me or make out with me or whatever because I'm bleeding. That's not fucking fair. And if it really grosses you out to that point, I get it. I do. But at the same time, like, the lights are off. Do you even know what the fuck is happening? No, you don't. So just keep your eyes closed and we'll just wash up later. Like, it's not a big deal. I just don't understand. That was totally an irrelevant tangent, but I'm sure at some point it will be logical. I don't know. I'm just, I feel very passionate about this. I think that was 100% a relevant tangent. And while you were tangenting, all I could think was, 
it brought to mind the thought that we really need to teach our children about what happens at puberty for both sides in the home as well because teaching just girls about their periods is doing a disservice to boys teaching just boys about wet dreams and erections what getting yeah what getting an erection is like does a disservice to girls we need to just normalize these topics in our homes and in our schools and we don't need a deep dive doesn't need to happen like there truly doesn't need to be images but just be real about it this sucks this happens this sucks this happens i think something that you said that's really important there is i'm obviously not this parent but there are parents who are very anti-sex education and what i cannot fathom about that is why why would you deprive children of understanding their bodies especially when they are approaching an age where it doesn't matter what the fuck you say they're gonna explore their fucking bodies so prepare them for that if you as an adult can be in the position that you are against sex education for children you better not be having sex you better not be a fucking parent because if you are you're a hypocrite teach your children about their bodies do not be afraid to use anatomically correct words. Do not call it a dingling. Do not call it a cookie. Do not call it a nook nook. It is a vagina and it is a penis. Call them those words. Teach your children those words. Teach your children how to respect their bodies and demand other people also respect their bodies. Because if you don't teach them that, guess what? They're never going to learn. And then you will have a 16-year-old who has a baby on the way, in either direction, boy or girl. And if you're really against sex education, I'm confident that you don't want a baby in your house. So have the conversation, because sex education is much easier than prenatal or teen parenting education. And those are really the spectrums that you're looking at. I feel like there are so many standing ovation speeches within our podcast <laughs> that you gave that I, I don't even... I don't even have a proper reaction for them anymore because I just clap endlessly in my brain. There's an audience in my brain and they're all standing <laughs> for you right now. I really don't even try to give like standing ovation speeches. I just get pissed off. And you know when I get pissed off, I just I just rant. But my rants come from a good place and whatever. So also for anybody, that's my talent. That's my secret talent. Welcome to Taboos. <laughs> so would you like to tell me what you learned here today? I would love to. Um, I learned a lot about the religious perspectives and honestly, the foundation of this topic being taboo. I genuinely didn't know where this came from. I do know it exists. I do know that women are recognized as filthy or disgusting and periods are regarded in this manner, but I had no idea why. And I really, really appreciate learning the why because for me personally, that just completely invalidates the stigma entirely. To say that women are filthy and dirty because of this and that being the place that the taboo stemmed from, knowing that, like, if I were in a position where I were like, yeah, I could see it, hearing those perspectives and that information would immediately make me be like, what the fuck? No, that's not what that means. That's not how that works. Even if I thought periods were gross. I recognize that women are not inferior because this happens. That's absolutely illogical and idiotic. 
Exactly. What did you learn here today? So I learned a lot about the origins of the taboo, but I think the part that struck me the most was about period product advertising because it really made me take a step back and think about how society impacts our views on it and how marketing impacts our views on it. So I was really just kind of gobstopped by that once I stopped to consider it. I loved that also. That was a huge thing for me. And I really appreciate that you brought that information into this episode. That was also a big piece for me for real. That's all I had on Shark Week, guys. Welcome to Shark Week. Just kidding. It's not Shark Week, but I'm saying it. Maybe it will be by the time this episode airs. So really, you guys, thank you so much for being here with us today. We know that this was a a weird-ish-er topic, but if you stuck with it, we really, really do appreciate it because sincerely, this is important. And we hope that you recognize after my rant and all of Allie's amazing information why it's important and that you feel like you're in a place to at least recognize it as such and maybe get yourself prepared to have some conversations with the women in your life who are important. So thank you. Really, just that's what I wanted to say about that part. If you appreciate our show and what we do here, you are certainly welcome to share us with someone who needs a little laughter, a couple cuss words, maybe a beverage or two, and to talk about some taboo topics that society would rather we did not talk about. If you'd like to reach out to us, you certainly can find us on Twitter and Instagram at taboosthepod. We are just taboos on Facebook, and our email address is taboospodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to reach out to us to share your experiences or your thoughts, or if you have a taboo topic that you'd be interested in us covering and perhaps being a special guest, you are certainly welcome to reach out to us on any of our socials. We love feedback. We love hearing from you guys. We just love interacting with you guys. So please don't ever hesitate to reach out to us because that makes us super happy. Speaking of things that make us super happy, though, we also really love when people rate us because we love having the opportunity for other listeners to recognize that we are a really unique show. I'm just going to say unique because any other word sounds really conceited. We are unique, though, and I I love that about us. I'm That's not a conceited thing at all. I'm so fucking proud of us for what we have created and what we do here in this episode and in every episode we have. So if you have the opportunity to rate us, that means so much to us and we really can't even tell you how much we appreciate that. So thank you if you have done it. Thank you if you do do it. I said do do and that's where I'm going to end this. The other thing that I wanted to share that I'm personally really excited about and I know Allie is also but I'm taking this talking point is uh, we recently were on the For Nerds by Nerds podcast and Josh did a phenomenal fucking job of making the episode so fun and so silly. He had a geek goddess Jeopardy game for us because he knows that we are little geek goddesses and he just did such a fantastic job and it was such a great episode. There was some real conversation but also just a lot of fun And Allie and I are super competitive and you get to hear us be that way and just destroy each other and it's fantastic. So if you have the chance, also hop over to 4Nerds by Nerds and check out our collaboration episode. It was seriously so much fun and I'm such a fucking idiot in it. So enjoy that. You guys get to hear Allie's weakness and it's so worth it. (laughs) On that note of calling out people too, I just wanted to shout out 
to our podcast family. There are some podcasters within our little fam that they're having a rough time lately. There's a few of you, I'm not going to call you out by name because I want you to maintain your privacy, but I think you know who you are and we just want to let you know that we're here for you. We love you. We love you and that's it. All the hugs, guys. We are sending love and light and hugs your way for all of your independent reasons and we just want you guys to know that it doesn't matter what happens you are our family also and we wouldn't be where we are today without you so love 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 to all of you and of course listeners we love you too thank you for sticking around through this and as always do you be taboos Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.